Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Welcome to today. I have to tell y'all, I have a fantastic guest. Uh, He and I have been in contact over Facebook. We know each other via Tony Robbins' work. We have been in that community and uh, was finally guided to have him on my podcast. Uh, He is a wonderful man of inspiration. And I invited him on today because he does some very, very interesting things, really unique things that truly help people expand their lives beyond what you could imagine. So I can't wait to share him with you today. So today we're going to talk about something that I know for without a shadow of a doubt, everybody experiences, not just once in their life, but man, many times. And I've written about it. I've talked about it, Dark Night of the Soul. uh, But I've not had a conversation with someone who specializes in that. That's what's so fantastic about today. So when Stephen and I, Stephen Tuhig and I, we were, that's who's on my show today, uh, we were talking about what was the exact thing that that we were going to talk about today. Uh, It's really to help you understand everything you need to know about the dark night of the soul and how to use it to become enlightened, to become a better version of who you are. So experiencing the dark night of the soul is profound and it is life-changing. And it's emotionally brutal, in all honesty, takes you to your knees. Understanding how to transmute your suffering into enlightenment is the key. And today we're going to be talking about that. So let me tell you a little bit about Stephen. He's a fascinating guy. Stephen is what many refer to as a guide, facilitator, and an agent of change. He's a normal guy who is committed to mastering the art of change having spent well over 10,000 hours required to master anything, his work in the human transformation field is nothing short of profound. He will guide you through the obstacles keeping you stuck and provide a clear path and strategy to success while helping you uncover the hidden resources all around you. He was introduced to change work in April of 2000 and instantly committed his life to mastering the art of change. He spent two decades practicing shadow work, helping people integrate their shadow and reclaim their personal power and authorship. He spent the last decade working for and studying under the world's leading life and business strategist, Tony Robbins. Tony commissioned him to interview over 10,000 business leaders from around the world to find out what made them successful and help thousands transform their businesses. Stephen is an international speaker and has traveled around the world teaching business strategy and human transformation. He is the founder of the Shadow Tribe, which we're going to get into today, a training ground for coaches, guides, and leaders committed to helping people transform limitations and patterns that have been stuck. He holds a certification in business strategy through Cornell University and certified in strategic intervention coaching by Robbins Madonna's training. 
NLP through Dr. Will Horton, and is a certified transformational integration coach through Being True to You. He has spent over two decades studying business strategy, shadow work and facilitation, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, altered states, group dynamics, peak performance, leadership dynamics, and unconscious communication. His seven influence points framework is the culmination of his work in his opus. It combines multiple change technologies under one frame to create massive shifts rapidly. His personal mission is to create a world where everyone reaches their true potential through strategic intervention and planning. Welcome, my friend. Glad How are to you today? You I'm great. It's great to be on here. <laughs> That's so quite an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You shared it with me and it's like, wow, the people need to hear what you have to say and, and have listeners all around the globe, men, women who are in different parts of their lives. And like I said, we all experience these shadow moments. And in fact, actually, uh, dark night of the soul, sorry. Uh, and I actually had one this morning, oddly enough. Unbelievable, shook me to my core uh, and had me look at life in a way that I just had not. It was literally the most bizarre thing. I've had many of them before. But this was something that uh, truly is going to change the trajectory of my life. So I want to talk to me about how how you got into specializing in this in the shadow work and the dark night of the soul. Well, it, it's kind of interesting. I come from a world where um, you know my mom ran with bikers and uh, Hell's Angels type folks, and like I come from a very I was the type of person that you would cross the street to avoid. Um, just really not, not what you would consider a productive member of society. And, um, April, 2000, I decided I wanted something different. And I did this workshop, uh, by a group of men who introduced me to the shadow April 14th. I was introduced to the actual shadow April 15th. I can remember it. It was like, it was yesterday. Yeah. And it was, I, I watched somebody, I watched somebody stand up and with 20 minutes, their life was altered. They could see things that they couldn't see before. It was like all of a sudden the, the, it, now we know it as the default mode network, right? But it was like these blinders had been lifted and all of a sudden they could see parts of their world that they couldn't see before. And I said, man, I want to do that. And interesting. I mean, up until that time, I mean, 2000, I would have been uh, 30, 28 years old. Up until that time, I had absolutely no idea who I was, what I was doing, where I was going. Like my wife as a hospice nurse, she knew when she was eight years old that she was going to be a nurse. Like she had no doubt in her mind. Me, I bounced around and ran into things and kept bumping into stuff. And, and I saw that and there was just, there was nothing you could do, say, or, or tell me that would lead me any other direction, but in that direction. And so you know, I started doing these workshops and uh, trainings and, um, just picking up certifications that I, I thought I needed, but I didn't really need. And, um, you know, and at that time I was working in sales and I went and did some work as an addictions therapist, found out they don't make any money. Um, and it was a bit of a revolving door. And so, you know, I, my, my goal was to go out and find the tools that were being used in our world. Cause my belief system was the recovery community, the recovery, not the recovery community, but the recovery industry, was very, oh, it was like a revolving door. They were using technology clear from the 50s. Nothing had been updated. So I wanted to go find some new stuff and bring it back. 
And I started looking at all these things and I ran into the shadow and I developed a personal mission of service. And so every day since, since um, April, that was April 15th, I developed my first mission. A- April 15th, I've got this, this habit where I get on my knees and I say a, a short prayer. And then I state my mission. My mission is to create a world where everybody reaches their true potential by making the impossible possible. And then I acknowledge my purpose. My purpose is channel light, love, and grace. And I get up and I put this necklace around my neck. It's my anchor. It's my high me. I call it my high me, higher me. And I go throughout my day. And if I get lost, I know where to come back to. I get a zero point I can come back to. But then at the end of the day, I take my, my, my necklace off. And I go, okay, what did I do today to move that dial? What did I do today to get closer down the road to, to, to fulfilling this, you know, this uh, moonshot mission that I developed. And so, you know, that's led me to flying around the world, speaking in front of thousands of people, you know, uh, Tony commissioned me to interview over 10,000 businesses. And then I was one of the only people that was actually um, authorized to travel around the country and teach his seven forces framework. And so I did that for a while and, and learned under him, studied under him and his you know, six basic human needs, the triad, and really gobbling up his genius. I mean, the man's a genius and, you know, 160 hours of uh, direct training underneath him and $160,000 worth of training and all the advanced trainings. And um, I told myself I'd give him 10 years. And so I worked for Tony for 10 years and I was a senior business strategist. Like he literally built his, the business mastery division itself. I was the linchpin for that. And, um, but I had this, this, this gnawing, um, this mission, you know, it was like, I was living mission with Tony and I was changing lives and I was seeing lives change. And I was seeing the impact, but it's kind of like when, um, kind of like when you were, if you're in, ever been in college and you found a pair of pants that you wore in seventh grade, and then you tried to put them on, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't doing it for me right. anymore. And so, uh, two weeks before COVID I, I, I quit, I quit working for Tony and, and started to work on the seven influence points, started to, to pull that together and, and, and teach and, um, you know, bounced around trying to figure out where it fit. And shadow work has always been my love. It's always been my, it's almost like a religion um, because Why? of the profound. Well, if I stand somebody up and we're, we're going through shadow work and we, they're, they're, we start off with, you know, if I were to do work today, it would be around my resistance to, you know, loving myself or seeing somebody where they're at or dealing with this issue. And then we start to, we start to process down. It's very interesting when I find that um, we lie to ourselves first. And so we lie to ourselves and we think we know what we're doing and we think we know why we're doing it. And then we get condensed, these, what I call condensing emotions. We start to process down and all of a sudden you find this unprocessed um, emotion. They call them the Hindu salt called them samskaras, these, these, these emotional pockets, these energy pockets that have a story that have been wrapped around them about who they are and how they're going to interact. You go down there and you pop that, pop that balloon. And, and, and it's all this, it's like, it's like taking a rocket ship and putting fuel in it. Just all of a sudden it takes off. I mean, I don't care if I'm dealing with a business owner in Serbia, if I'm dealing with a homeless person in Colorado Springs, whether I'm dealing with um, um, companies in Cal- uh, Canada, whether I'm dealing with individuals in, in Australia, like I've been around the world and it seems like, 
you know, we come in, we think we need more resources. And my mentor, Tony, he always used to say, it's never a matter of resources. It's always a matter of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. But I went to, I wanted to dig deeper. It's like, well, yeah, that's, that's great. That sells tickets, right? But what does that really mean? And when you go down under the water and you, what you find out is most people are blind to what's right in front of them. And when you crack open that nut you, and, you, and you rip open the default mode network, and all of a sudden now they can see their world in a way that they couldn't before, you just see people just Isn't that amazing? Just excel and explode. It takes oh, a it's, moment. It's a moment, right? It's a beautiful yeah. moment. It's a tough moment. Yeah. It's a beautiful. Well, it's 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 always a tough because because <laughs> you know you have the conscious thought tells me you know this is what's going on and the reason why it does that is it's trying to keep me safe. Right. It doesn't want me to deal with whether it was back there. So the mind, you have what I call you have the conscious thought, which is the chatter. You know, if you're listening right now, just in your mind, say hello. Right. You said hello to yourself. Right. It's kind of like breathing. I'm breathing in and out right now, but if I told you to hold your breath, you could hold your breath. Sure. But that doesn't stop the breathing process. So the conscious thought is like this radio station that just plays. Just It's just chatter, chatter, chatter. And you have two types of thought. You have thought, which is actual me thinking about something. And then most of the time, most of what people think are thoughts, they're not really thoughts. They're listening to thoughts that they've already thought. Mm-hmm. The, the National Science Foundation suggests that over 90% of thoughts are repetitive and over 80% of those thoughts are negative. And so we're thinking the same lies. We're telling ourselves the same lies about who we are and what we can do over and over and over and over again. And then you have, when you start to, you start to say, okay, what did you say to yourself? And they give me whatever it is. That typically gives me the ability to see what's the subconscious, which I call this it's like an interesting little crust of presuppositions, mm-hmm. right? I can't do this. Well, why can't you do this? What's the story that you're telling yourself about why you, well, I'm not good enough. Nobody will love me. I'll get left alone, whatever it is. And then I go, okay, where did you pick that up at? And 99.99% of the time we travel down in, we find out where they picked it up. And then we, what I'm finding is this very interesting dynamic. I've done this now what I call the seasons process, which is a shadow process where we travel down in and when we get down there, I go, okay, well, what did you yearn for? Well, I yearn for this thing. And we, we, we kind of wipe the board a little bit, kind of like an etch-a-sketch, we clear out the energy. Okay. Well, tell me, isn't it true that in 99.99% of the time, when we go into these, I want to use the word trauma, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a coach. I'm not a, I'm a guy, right? I'm not doing any therapy. So if you know, I'm not labeling anything. But what you would consider traumatic experiences, um, 99.99% of the time, we call out to the universe for this thing. God, help me, bring me this thing, have somebody love me. And then we become, interestingly enough, we typically become the very thing that we needed back there. And so my work is not only about going in and, and, and uncovering the shadow and seeing the lies that we tell ourselves. But really, it's about, you know, the neurons that fire together, wire together. It's about connecting those two identities inside of ourselves so that we can start to give ourselves the healing that we brought online to do to begin with. Right. Do you find that uh, the, the people that you work with, uh, um, your clients, that they're scared to find out the truth? Like oh, Yeah. They- I mean, I'm sure you have people that will dive deep in, you know, they're like, good, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I have clients like that too. Like I'm in, 
not afraid of anything. Let's do it because I want to move on. And then the other people are like, yeah, I don't know that I really want to go there. Um, well, it's, it's worse. It's, it can be even more insidious than that. So I was working with the lady. Uh, she did a, she did the shadow intensive. We do these shadow intensives where we bring people in and we actually dive down in and do what's yeah. called carpet work. Um, and then the goal is to actually go into the cave, connect with the shadow and shoot through the shadow to get to what I call the well, that, that part of ourselves that knows the internal, the Godhead inside of us. Right. But you got to go through the shadow to get there. I don't know of another way to get there. I'm sure there's plenty of ways to get there, but that's kind of my, it's kind of the one way, the quick, the the express way to get there. Right. And so we, we, I was doing this work with this lady and, you know, it's by that time, geez, it was, it was two o'clock in the morning and um, I had facilitated, like, I don't know how many people I was burnt you know, I was had that zombie haze, right. Yeah, sure. She steps out on the carpet and it was 45 minutes and I could tell that there was something, I, I call it flat. It was a flat process. The energetically it wasn't there and if there's no energy in it you know energy is everything right. so um so she, she but she kept coming and then she came to a, what i do an advanced guide education she came to that and she came to the second one finally did this piece of work that as the work unfolded as she laid out what was going on it was astounding like she was i mean just the 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 the, the work that she had to do to be able to reclaim part of her soul as I was watching this work. I mean, she was literally, she had a, no, we don't do any, no psychedelics, anything like that, but it was much like an ayahuasca experience. And if you've ever seen somebody do ayahuasca, she was purging, actually purging up these, this black gunk as she's going through her process. Wow. And, and she had uh, what's called stiff person syndrome. Okay. So uh, the doctors couldn't figure out what caused it, but her muscles would just lock up. Like she'd be driving down the road and all of a sudden she couldn't breathe, just lock up for no reason. And what we've come to think happened was that she was taking in all this energy and she was like a sponge. She's very empathic. So she would take in this energy and then she wouldn't, she didn't have no way to let go of it. She didn't know how wow. she let go of it. Um, the best way to explain it is in, in the 19, early 1900s or so in India, they had a very interesting way of catching monkeys. What they would do. Have you ever heard of this? No, go ahead. Yeah, they would go, they would take a, they would take a gorge. I don't have one. I wish I did. They would take a gorge um, or gourd and they would hollow it out. Just put a little bitty hole in it and they would hollow it out and then they would put fruit in it. They do this right in the open field while the monkeys were watching. The monkeys saw them doing this. They would put fruit in it. They would take this gourd and they would go up and they would tie it up to a tree. The monkey watched them doing this, monkeys being what monkeys are, which is curious people, curious animals, right? They climb up there, they smell it. Ooh, look at that. There's fruit. And they put their hand in the fruit, in the in the gorge. And then when they go to pull it out, because they've made a fist, now their hand won't fit in out of the gorge anymore. But because they don't know, because they can't see that their hand is closed, they don't know that their hand is the problem. Mm. And they just hold on. And that's what we do as humans. We have the situation that happens to us and the part of us comes online. The ego comes online and says, I'll keep you safe. And it creates like a uh, virus protection as this app, this software that just keep continually runs in the background that's scanning the horizon, looking for the danger. And if I told you right now to just you know look around the room and count everything that was red, well, you'd make pink red. And that's the way the mind operates. It's, sure. it, it's, it's built for two things, for efficiency and, and, and for meaning. 
that's survival. We need to create meaning and then it, and then it condenses it down. So what, what has something happens the ego comes online and says, I'll keep you safe. And it doesn't want to put you through that pain again. So it shoves that, that situation down into the shadow, but the tape is still running. Mm-hmm. That software is still running and it's looking. And so for me, when I was three years old, I was physically tortured by my stepmom. Like she pulled all my hair out. She starved me and my sister. And then she said, I look like my mom. So she shoved me in the basement and locked, would lock me in the basement while my dad was at work. And she said, if you tell anybody, I'll kill you and your sister kind of thing. And this went on for a while before my mom finally figured out what was going on and, and got us back. So, you know, so think about it. I'm trapped up inside this, I'm trapped up inside this basement. Well, you know, a three-year-old in a three-year-old body that's trapped in a basement acts differently yeah. than a 40-year-old man that a three-year-old that's trapped in a 40-year-old man's body that feels like he's trapped in a basement when he's not even in the basement. Exactly. Right. And so relationships and career and business and anything that looked like I was going to get trapped, Mm -hmm. that software application would come online and I would go into this fight, flight, freeze, or feign mode. And I would just start acting out of this stuff. It's like, you know, you're going to war in World War II and you have this map. So now you open up the map, you go to war, but I'm not in World War II. I'm not in Germany. I'm in Florida. And I've got this map of World War II and I'm dropping bombs on people and they don't even know they're at war. And I don't even know who these people are because I'm looking through a map that's not real. Right. And so when you go in and you start cleaning that out, all of a sudden you see, you know, I've got customers that I've got people that um, my relationships with my, my kids are, has improved. My, uh, I had one guy who had, um, he came through the process. He had he said, by the time I hit the carpet, he said, my pain was at 90%. So it's like another 10%. I'm not moving kind of thing. Physical he went through pain the work or physical pain, pain yeah. in his, in his back. Uh-huh. And by the time he did the work, he went from 90 clear down to 20 or 10%. He Beautiful. said it was, it was just miraculous. Such a release. Yeah. That just I think goes to show you how much, how much we hold in our bodies and how much our beliefs and our thoughts truly impact our health. There's a question. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. Well, and you see it with business owners as well. I mean, dealing with business owners, they don't understand the power of transference. They don't understand. They don't understand what it means. Many of them don't understand what's going on underneath the water because they think conscious thought is is kind of the ruler. And what you don't realize is conscious thought is really the tip of the iceberg and all these subtle changes as it comes up. And if you don't know how to manage that, and then you're just reacting out of that, or so you see somebody reacting out of that. You don't know how to untie those right. those those knots. You end up, you know, going through firing people, thinking it's their fault, and everybody's just nobody wants to. I, I, the, the, I like the one, uh, the what is it, the 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 kids these days. Nobody wants to work. Isn't that interesting? Because it reminds me of the old people sitting on the porch get off my lawn. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you, they said that about you and the, in the generation <laughs> before that said that about the generation, right. every generation says this generation is the worst generation. Sure. Isn't that interesting? I find right. stuff like that. Very interesting. If, if someone couldn't accurately define for themselves, what a dark night of the soul is, what's your definition? It's How when for me, what a dark night of the soul is, is when I step into a step into a situation, um, when I'm, when I'm in my life and all of a sudden the path forward is no longer visible to me. It's like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be going. Um, it's like, I can remember a very clear experience of it where, uh, lack of resources, lack of insight, lack of understanding, lack of desire, lack of 
lack, 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 like lack, 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 lack. It's like sitting in a pitch black room, not knowing which way to go. And you have, you know, and I think everything is fractal. So above, so below, so within, so without. And so if we have big moments of dark nights to the soul, you know, I'm stuck in an addiction, um, going through a divorce, businesses in ruins, don't know what to do. We also have those small moments like you talked about, like I just, in, in, you know, hours where we're just kind of locked into the darkness and I don't know what to do there. And I think my belief system is the dark nights of the soul are nothing more than tools. I believe mm-hmm. in our society, we've somehow taught people that you shouldn't feel bad. Go take a pill, right? You right. don't have to feel this way. You can just take a pill. But I believe the dark nights of the soul have been embedded, have been baked into the human experience for a very clear reason to get us to stop looking outside at the material world and to go inside and find our compass, to, to yeah. learn to go inside to find the answer that we need to, we need to pull out of ourselves outside. And I think uh, just, uh, just kind of circling back to what you started uh, talking about earlier, which is, in my opinion... It gets us out of the lies we tell ourselves. That's yep. uh, that's been my experience. It's like when you hit rock bottom, and all the shit's hitting the fan, and you're like, I don't know that one more thing could happen to throw me around. I just don't know. Dark night of soul. Wow. I, I have to look at what I have to. I can no longer look look the other way. And uh, they're so powerful. And I'm curious if somebody wasn't working with you, but they're experiencing a dark night of the soul and they don't have the, for lack of a better term, the wherewithal, the awareness, the tools to yank themselves out of it, or to at least be able to, what I call kind of pan back and observe yourself in this space versus being all encompassed in it. Right. How do you tell somebody how to get out of that or when they're stuck and they're suffocating, they're like, you know, emotionally, psychic, psychologically, spiritually suffocating. How, how do you help them out of that so that they just don't get completely lost? Tell our listeners yeah. what they can do. Cause it's, it's a tough one. Cause when the dark, dark, dark nights it, like you can be comatose and totally immobile and you could be laid out for days in a depression yeah. Well, I, and I think that fear comes from the shadow because a lot of times what's happening is shadow is real, reeled its ugly head yeah. and it's right in front of us. Yeah. And the ego's like, don't look at that. Right. Don't look at that. Don't. Right. It's like, I've got to step through something and, and yeah. It, yeah. And I've got to transform. And whenever we go through a transition, I, we've lost the rites of passage in our society. We've lost that understanding of thresholds and understanding of breaking through things. And, and, and at some level, I think we've spiritually been uh, bankrupt because of it. But I believe that when we find ourselves in the dark night of soul, it's an, it's an easy answer. It's so easy that people don't listen. Unless I'm coaching them and I walk them through the process, it's like, they'll go, oh yeah, that sounds really good. It sells books. But this is what I call an in-theater process. In other words, I do, um, I do, I have what's called Shazam moments where it's quick shifts. And then I have, um, the long experiential stuff. And then I have these in theater strategies and tactics. How do I shift out of stuff when I'm in it? Yes. Because, you know, I spent a decade with Tony. 
Yeah. And I'm a psychedelic integration coach, seven forces integration coach. Like I did a lot of work on implementing transformational experiences. And, you know, the reality is, is that people think much like a hero's journey, people think that they're going to go into that abyss and that's where the, that's where the transformation happens. You know, you go, you have the call to adventure, you go into, you hit the threshold where something isn't like it was before. And all of a sudden we have pain and we go through challenges and temptations and then we hit the abyss with Joseph Campbell yeah. called the dark, you know, that dark spot, right? That space. The dark night of the soul, yes. right? And, yes. And somewhere down there is, I don't care what, in, here's something else, Jen. Isn't it interesting if you think about every story that's ever been told since the beginning of time, that's ever been anything that's lasting, has had the same framework, this hero journey. It's yeah. embedded sure. in our DNA. And I think for a reason, I think it's because we are living a story. Yeah, I am God having a Stephen experience, experiencing God, right? And we're having this biofeedback. But anyway, so we hit this, we hit this dark night of the soul. But it's not that's not where the that's not where the transformation happens. It's the return home exactly. when I integrate that information yeah. into my life and I bring it and I push it out of myself into the material world. That's when real transformation happens. So yeah. my a lot of work has been done if, with me to do these in theater shifts. So you're in the dark night of the soul. You don't know what to do. You don't know which way to go. The first question I always ask is, so are you focused on what you fear or are you focused on what you love? Mm. Because they when say, I'm moving, I don't know. I just, I don't know what's going on in my life and I'm lost. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't focus on what I love. I feel so bad. I mean, you feel so bad. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you're trying to make, so you're trying to make the pain stop. Yeah, that's, I don't want to. That's moving this. away from what? Yeah, I'm moving away from what I fear. Right. So it's really a zero one sum game. Am I focused on what I fear, or am I moving towards what I love? Beautiful, right? And, um, and if that well, that doesn't fit. So then it's am I managing circumstances, or am I building the ideal? Mm-hmm. Most people spend their life managing circumstances, and they don't build the idea. And anything you chase, you will catch. If I'm only focused on the circumstances. Guess what I'm going to get more of? Right. Circumstances. I love. But if I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And then the, the third piece is: Am I am I focused on the easy, the easy answer? Or am I focused on the hard right answer? So it's a zero. It's one of those three. It, 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 one of those three will typically. Oh, I get it. And then a lot of times, what will happen is, while well, I'm focused on fear, okay, well, what would love say? Love would say yes. this. And as soon as they say that, yep. they go, oh, because they know that that's the tough answer. But once they've locked themselves into that, there's this, all of a sudden you see the momentum, that the momentum right. starts to pick off. And here's right. the thing. It still might be the same answer. It still might be, I'm still doing X. I'm still leaving this. I'm still starting a business. I'm still you know, engaging in a different way. And it might be the same answer on both sides, but intention matters. And when I feel myself come from where I love, all of a sudden I re- I plug back in to that, that source, that well that I talked about. And now, even though it's difficult, I know that I'm moving in the right direction. Whereas if I'm moving away from what I fear, I'm moving towards more fear by general design because we get what we chase. Anything you chase persistently and consistently, you will catch. And if I'm chasing fear, which is what I'm doing when I'm running from fear, because that's what I'm focused on, I'm going to get more fear. Right. And so that will, it might not get you, like I've seen people, I've worked with people. It's like, okay, so they go, okay, that's the next step. And they take one step forward and they're still in it, right? Like, 
okay, cool. And then what's the next step? And then what's the next step? And eventually they will walk out of the, the, the deep, dark forest to the soul. They will walk out of that. And when they do that, what they will find many times is that, oh, I've developed this internal focus now of moving for what works for me, not allowing the material world, which is a dead world and dead as in everything that's here has already been created. Everything that will be created is coming, going to come internally sure. kind of thing. Now I've replugged into that well yep. and I've, and I've, and I've cemented it into how I operate. So those dark nights of the soul, I believe this is just the hypothesis, but my belief is they're baked into our experience to give us that requirement of going inside and going, okay, what do I really want? Exactly. Where am I really going? Am I, am I running from here? Am I running from here? That's such a pivotal question. Where am I really going? I love giving my listeners uh, tools and strategies, really real ones. And that's why I ask you, what, what do you say to someone who is in that dark place in the abyss and beautiful. Thank you so much for the answers. I think one of the biggest things I want to kind of piggyback on that is that your, your, the, the three options that you offered was that it is so important not to allow yourself to live in the abyss, that you have to question yourself out of it. You have got to find some way to look at it honestly, but, but have the intention to get out of it and shift. And if you don't, you're screwed. You're screwed. There's so many people who have been through awful experiences. I always think of the movie, uh, oh, shoot. Now I can think of the name. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Thank you. Um, right? Will Smith. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yep. This man, yes. nothing. His life, he, was, he and his son, they were living uh, in a bathroom in the subway. Look what he did with his life. You want to talk about a dark night of the soul? Now, all experiences are relative, but to be able to have some way that, that it's a way out and a way through together. And I, I love that you, you offer those options to really question the darkness. Well, and, and, and really, if you think about it, there is no way out but through. Right. Right. In every, I always, you when I'm working with somebody, anywhere. No, because there you are. Anywhere you go, there you are. Right. And I believe the universe works in a touch tap two by four method. It's going to touch and say, hey, then it's going to tap me on the shoulder and then it's going <laughs> to grab a two by four <laughs> right, and hit damn. me on the back of the head. Yeah. And isn't it true, Janice, that every lesson you've ever had, if you didn't learn it, Ooh. it came back around down the road. Worse. Exactly. Worse. Right. Isn't it, isn't it also true that any obstacle, any challenge, any dark night of the soul that you've ever overcame, when you came out of it, it wasn't that it changed you. It's that it brought more of you online. Amazing. Absolutely. Right. The truth, it, connecting with yeah. the truth of who you are, for sure. Well, and when we talk about transformation, and I've done the work, like I've been yeah. around, I've kind of been around, right? And so when I think of transformation, most people, it's like, well, I'm a square and I think I want to be a triangle and triangle people got it going on. It's like three sides, only three edges. So there's not as much to cut you up. I think I want to be a triangle. And so then they go and they drop everything that they were doing that made them a square. And then they go be a triangle. Now they're triangle people. And some part of them is not really happy. And they're now they're looking around. They're going, you know what? Look at those circle people. 
I think the circle people got it on on the, the life of pie. It's all 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 well. There's all this you where you start, you finish. There's this completion. I think I want to be a circle person. So then they go over and they join the circle people, but they're not happy, and because they're not a circle person. And it's I think what I've been watching and I've been seeing is it's not so much taking a square and making it a circle. It's about taking a square and making it a cube or taking a triangle and making it a pyramid or taking a circle and making it a sphere, adding that dimensional depth. So now we are more of who we really are. Mm -hmm. That's what I think the dark night is sold. And so when you look at, they are, they are, they're meant to expand us every, I mean, yeah. Have you seen, if you know anything about um, Stanislav's cross four matrices of birth, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one common denominator we all have is the birthing process. And, you know, he's gone in and done a lot of research around it. He said, this is the one area that psychology hasn't taken into consideration. And he's done a lot of work to show, he's got a lot of background to show how this is important. I mean, if you think about it, again, I'm, I'm going to go to that fractal conversation. So that first stage of birth, you're kind of just floating around in the embryonic fluid right? There's no sense of time because time is a man-made construct. It's not real, not the way that we think it is. So you're just kind of floating around in the ambiotic fluid. You know, you don't know hunger. You don't know cold. You don't know alone. You don't know with somebody. Like you don't know anything like that. You're just kind of floating around. Everything's perfect. You have no needs. Exactly. Right. And then the next stage hits the second stage, the, the, the blood source, the blood source starts to, to taper off. The food store starts to taper off. And all of a sudden you start getting pressure, compression, right? You're getting all the, uh, all the, all the pushing and all that. You're not going anywhere. You haven't done anything wrong. Right. And nothing's happened. You haven't done anything different. I'm just sitting here. I don't, I don't even know what sitting here means. Now I'm going through pain and the third matrices of birth. Now we start to travel down the birth canal. Right. And we get a little pointy head. Right. And we come out and here's the funny thing. We pop out. Imagine we pop out of the, out of the womb and these big dangly things come and they grab the hungry, grab us and they take us over. They put us under a sun lamp, pop a bottle in our mouth, wrap us up and stick us in a room with a lot of other people that are just as confused as we are. That's the four matrices of birth. And when you look at the, the hero's journey, the hero's journey seems to travel right around that same thing. I think Janice, my belief system is that what we saw with COVID is the second matrices of birth. Mm. That as a society, we are opening up, that we are waking up and and, and we're coming to this new, this new way of being like, I just, I can feel it in my body. Something's happening. People are waking up. They're starting to understand that I create my reality. Yeah. 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 And so it's time we're going through the hero's journey and you're going to go through these hero's journeys over and over and over. It's a constant cycle. Right. And again, everything is fractal. If we experienced it over here. We would, it would make sense that we would experience it in our life. And then we look at death. My wife, again, she's a hospice nurse and she comes home. She tells me the stories about the, you know, there's this little old man, he's got a bow tie and he's always happy and everything is joyous. And when it comes time to pass, she said, you see this, this process come over them where they glass over mm-hmm. and they disappear. And she said, sometimes they come back. Sometimes they don't. When they come back, typically they get the second wind. And all of a sudden, they're happy and they're joyous and they're jumping all around. It's like, this person ain't dying. This person's doing racquetball. This person, like whatever, you know, they're, they're all energetic and then they go, right? And if they're not, if, they, if, they've, if they've lived their life in such a way where they haven't gone through these, these awakenings, where they haven't pushed themselves through, they haven't done what they needed to do, 
at the end of the road, the illusion strips away. Hmm. And all of a sudden they see, I didn't have that relationship with my son like I wanted. I didn't have that relationship with my daughter like I wanted. I didn't you know, connect with so-and-so like they start to see what was really important Life and how their lies. Life right. Yeah. And then they condense and yeah. you see them, their physical body, they, they actually condense down and now they're holding on. They're holding on for one more moment, one more chance. Yeah. And they're in the process of, of, of birthing into the next, the next thing is very, very difficult many times. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful conversation. And I mean, the time it's unbelievable. 40 minutes has passed already. And I could keep talking about this with you for sure. Tell people about the shadow tribe. I want people to hear about this. Um, and, and also I just, I, I have a lot of uh, men that listen to the podcast too. Uh, uh, touch base if you can uh, a little bit on the shadow tribe, just to share people, share with people what that is but also how you help men kind of move beyond the stigma of men shouldn't share their feelings. It's not manly if you, you know, uh, deal with what hurts. Uh, how have you helped men? So start, share, share a couple of thoughts about this. Well, the, let's start with the man thing first, because that's a common, like if you think about it for hundreds of thousands of years, we were tribal, we would go from place to place and we were hunter gatherers. And so the men were, we were programmed as men. I'm, I'm talking man, female, not sure. masculine, feminine. The masculine energy is told to hold it in, to not share. I mean, if we went out into the, tri- into the forest and we were loud and we were crying and we shared our emotions and we, you wouldn't get any food, the enemy would kill you, like just shut up. This is why men typically have much less words in their day than, than females, masculine men, feminine females, right? I'm not talking about man, female, masculine, sure. feminine energy. Whereas female, female, if you think about it, we would go to the tribe, these tribes would come together and these two tribes would come together and the women would all go into a circle and they would share problems. You know, the, back here, Johnny ate this, 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 um, a berry and it got him sick and he died. Well, now this tribe knows don't eat that berry. It was very, very methodical way of survival. And so this is how we were programmed. The mind is software. And for hundreds of thousands of years, like we were food. And so it was like a good day. You might get an extra berry, bad day, game over. Thanks for playing. And so we've been programmed to not share. And so a lot of times when I'm working with men, I got to come at it from a, the, the impact. I have to start out in the material world because most men are focused on things, whereas most females are focused on relationships. And so I've got to start to look at, okay, how, what has been the impact? Where are you at? And once I've got that, I call it pulling threads. A thread will turn into a string, a string will turn into a rope, a rope's attached to a chain, pull the chain, attach to an anchor, boat leaves the harbor, right? And so getting them to see that this charge is there, a lot of times I've got to start with the material stuff and go inward from there. That's kind of the end. So if you're having trouble uh, connecting with your husband, or if you're a guy that's having, so start with where is the problem in my life? How does that make me feel mad, sad, glad, scared, shame? right? That's an emotion, not a feeling, right? But start with that. Okay. Do I feel this way all the time? So there's some questions you can ask yourself. Um, You know, what am I feeling? I'm feeling anger. Do I feel angry all the time? I do. Hmm. Where'd you pick that up from? Back here. And what type of a man did that make you? What type of a woman did that make you? What type of a person did that make you? That allows you to really start to sink down in. You know, if if you, we had more time, we were doing facilitation, we kind of go through it, but um, getting them to see the impact that it's having 
and getting them to see what it's doing to their body. And a lot of times when you're dealing with men, like we do this process in uh, the shadow tribe, we do this process called the river and the rock, the rock being masculine energy, river being feminine, feminine energy just flows. Like it just goes. That's why men are scared of it because you just can't control it. It's just going to, it's going to flow and it's going to get where it's going one way or the other water will find its way out kind of thing. And feminine energy is kind of like that. So a lot of men are scared of it because it's like men are, we're logical. One, two, three, four women are one, two squirrel, green thing. Like every, <laughs> it's true. Like, we got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, and the reason why is because your consciousness is taking everything in at once. That's right. Whereas masculine, masculine men, we are very focused. Focus. Like we're very, yes. Exactly. So you got to find out where they're focused and then start there and then kind of follow them back in. And that'll typically get you there. But we do this process called the river and the rock. And we give these men opportunity to start to dig into it. And sometimes it's like opening up a treasure chest. Like, oh, all of a sudden now they've got the space to where they can start. Cause it's, you know, we've had all this stuff bottled up and, you give them room to, um, sometimes it's like popping a, a, a wine cork. It's just a, it just, or a, one of those yeah. a celebratory kind of, sure. yeah, it just pops yep. out. Right. So what the is shadow the shadow tribe? tribe? Yeah. The, the, if you go to the shadow tribe.com, um, they'll take you to a Facebook group and, and it's, it's, we run a, every Monday from six to about eight thirty ish PM. Uh, we run an integration group and it's free. Anybody can come to it. And again, we, we check in with, um, name, where you're from, what you're feeling, what your primary emotions are. And again, if I were to do work tonight, it would be around my resistance to state your work. And then you state, if I were to, to rate the impact that's having on my life on a scale from one to 10, one being, eh, to stub my toe, 10 being, if I had a hot poker, I'd shove it in my eyeball. I'd probably feel better about it. Kind of thing. Don't shove in. Nobody do that. Right. Don't do that. Right. Come to the group instead. Right. Um, but but um, you rate it from one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. And then, and then whether or not you're willing to do the work, because sometimes just labeling the work in and of itself is work. It's like, Oh, that's what it is. That's what's going on. I couldn't figure out what it was until just this moment. Mm -hmm. Many times that's work. And sometimes the work is so, like you said, scary that it might take you a month, two months, two years to finally do the work. And then what we do is we start at the tens, the folks that want to do their work and we go down and we break into, we break into rooms. And I've been training these folks for a while now. Some of them going through quite a few trainings where we've gone, uh, how do we process somebody in on zoom? And there's a, we do a light process on zoom and then three times a year, we're trying to get it to four times a year. We run an intensive and the intensive, the whole goal is to plug into the numinous, the spiritual. Uh, I believe that when you, when you plug into the numinous, in and of itself, the problem itself becomes numinous. Mm. It, you, you, once you plug into that source, it's like, oh, oh beautiful this is right. It's all of a sudden now the problem has, it has purpose. It has meaning. It has yeah. all of a sudden I can see. So we run through this weekend where, and it's a totally experiential process where, you know, we're going to drive down and take the slow descent as a, as a community, we're going to go in, we're going to seal the container and we're going to start driving down and come about Saturday night, you're going to meet your shadow and you're going to have the opportunity to step out on the carpet and, and go through that dark, that dark night of the soul. And so we go through that. And then on Sunday, we connect to the well. And it's that, it's that part of you that knows a lot of time, you know, just if you're listening, just think of a problem that you have. And now imagine as if the solution were going to come to you. 
Now notice in your consciousness, which way you're waiting for that solution to come. Are you waiting for somebody to come and give you a resource? Are you waiting for somebody to give you instruction, insight, strategy, certifications, all that other stuff that we're told that we need, like we're the, our society programs victims? Are you waiting outside for the answer to come from the outside? And then consider that instead of it coming to you, the answer could come from you. Mm-hmm. And so turn your consciousness in so that you're looking from you. And now I suggest to you that the answer doesn't come from you, but it comes through you. And that's where the real answers come from. And when you exactly can connect right. at that level, exactly right. oh, miracles happen. It, sure. And these guides are just, they are some of the most committed souls that I've ever been. Egoless, just curious, no judgment. They will take you anywhere you need to go. They will go into the deepest, darkest parts of whatever's keeping you stuck and help you untie those knots. And then, you know, I'm kind of there just making sure that everything flows and anything that gets too heavy, I can come in and try to make sure, because we don't want anybody to be re, we don't ever put anybody through something that's going to be so painful that they refuse to do it. Sure. How can people contact you if they have questions or if they want to work directly with you or if they want to read anything you've written or tell, tell people what resources you, you have for them and how they can. Well, I've got several resources. So if you go to, you can email me, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N at masteringchange.com. That's my website. Uh, you can go to my courses, courses.masteringchange.com. Um, there's really several ways to work with me. I've got, um, I've got one thing. It's a two and a half hour. It's a hero's journey that's all done online. So it's a two and a half hour I've cultivated or I've acquired different videos that, that pop into certain, certain resonance. Everything has got about creating resonance, right? And I walk them through their own personal hero's journey. We're going to go down in. We're going to look at the shadow. We're going to, and that's all done online. It's free. Like if you just go to courses.masteringchange.com, you'll find it. It's a free, it's a free course. I offer up to anybody. People tell me it's transformational. I've got people that have gone through it 10, 11, 15 times kind of thing. Um, Really, really, really fun course. The second way I have a program called the mental cleanse, which is a four week mental cleanse process where, you know, you have seven influence points. Identity drives narrative, narrative gels into story, story turns into the belief, belief drives emotion, motion drives decision, decisions drive actions, seven influence points, right? Well, at the plot level, that chatter, that radio station in your head, 85% of your thoughts are negative. You have attack thoughts, awfulizing, negative bias, confirmation bias. We think something negative and then we look outside the world to, to validate that mm-hmm. negative thing. Well, we go in and operate at that second influence point at the narrative level. In theater, we shift that. So that's that's the mental cleanse. Then I have a six-month uh, agent of change training. So if you want to learn how to be a guide and actually facilitate, I have an online course for that. And then there's the weekend. And if you come in through the weekend and then you go through the in-person guide, you're going to do the work. Like you're going to have, I will not facilitate, I will not suggest anybody is prepared for facilitation it isn't about skill, although that's part of it. More importantly is, are you doing your work? Right. Do you know where your shadow is? Because we don't want anybody stepping into the carpet and end up you doing their work instead of them doing their own or them doing your work instead of you doing them doing their own kind of thing. And so it's a fairly intensive process where you're going to go through age trainings. You're going to go through hot seats to make sure that you're ready for this type of work. Cause it's, it's, it's change at the tectonic level. It's not the, the, the conscious up here, the thought that just a little bit, it's down deep. You're making those deep changes 
And if you're going to make deep changes like that, you've got to be prepared to go down in those dark nights of the soul. And you got to know how to kind of, how to kind of navigate so that as, as they're moving and they're on their journey, you're just kind of a guide. You're following them. You're leading them by following them. And, and you true. have to know where you're going. For sure. And, and I just want to uh, share with the listeners, and I would imagine you would reinforce this, that there is such great reward in, in dealing with what's underneath. And, um, and the beautiful thing is uh, you're, you, you clean out the clutter so that you can create more. You can literally manifest more um, because you're calling in uh, what's rightfully yours anyway to have in terms of your divinity. So it, it's something to look forward to, in my opinion. It sucks when you're in it. It's hard. It's, it's overwhelming. And my hope is that whoever's going through this experience has, if you have been, are going through it or fear going through it, that you understand its usefulness. There is purpose in it. It's not, we are not here to suffer. We, we are not, and we're not here to, to live in the, the abyss of the feelings. We're just not, we're here to use it, change it, grow and, uh, and be better humans so that we can help, help the world. So uh, be a better place. So thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope listeners you've enjoyed it. I can't imagine that you wouldn't have. This is uh, just a kind of, we're skimming the top here of such pivotal work. Uh, everybody needs to do this work. There's no one that can avoid it. We have our child state that's very, very active. And, uh, and we, have, we haven't dealt with everything all, you know, that we need to deal with. So if you're ready to make some changes and you resonate with Stephen, reach out to him. He's, he's helped a lot of people create massive change in their life. And I wanted to introduce you to him. Uh, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do in the world, Stephen. And, uh, and God bless you. And as I tell everybody at the end of each episode, I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.